Hey everyone, just wanted to say a big thanks to everyone who listened to our first episode. We know there's a lot of podcasts out there and you are all busy people, so we really just wanted to extend a really grateful thanks for listening to our first episode and we really hope you like this one coming up right now. Welcome to the Racisms Podcast. We're your hosts, Jazlyn and Lisa. We decided that this world could use more cross-cultural conversations that seek healing over division, understanding over ignorance, and a better world overall. Welcome back to the Racisms Podcast, where we have cross-cultural conversations to make this world a better place. I'm Jaslyn, co-host of the podcast with Lisa. Hey, everyone. Uh, today, I will be playing the role of interviewer, and Lisa will be the interviewee. Today's topic is actually one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast after a year of thinking about it. So let me give you a bit of a backstory. Since the beginning of the quarantine, Lisa and I, along with a few other people, formed a movie club where we pick a movie to watch every week and we discuss the movie on a video call. For the most part, the movies have been feature films on popular streaming platforms, and the discussions are always entertaining. But after the recent protests and discussions and calls for racial justice has started in the last couple of months, we decided to watch Just Mercy, a movie that describes the beginning of the Equal Justice Initiative founded by a young lawyer, Brian Stevenson, and his fight for the case of Walter McMillan, who was on death row in Alabama. Just Mercy was made free to view on several streaming platforms in June, and I highly recommend the film for those who haven't watched it yet. Anyway, the time comes for our weekly video call to discuss the movie, and Lisa logs in. And she was crying. We all take turns talking about the movie while Lisa continues to cry, And while she was able to say after a few minutes um, what her reaction to the movie was and what she said really intrigued me. Um, And we learned that this movie has really shifted her outlook on racism in the U.S. So I wanted to bring her story to the podcast and learn more about what I call her impetus to empathy. So we're going to jump right into the interview. Lisa, thanks for being willing to go on record about this subject. (laughs) Thanks, Jasmine. Thank you for having me. So, Lisa, you mentioned that you cried after watching the movie and throughout the day leading up to our video chat. What about the movie Just Mercy made you react with such an emotion? The scene that really set it off was uh, the execution of Herb. Um, He was the the inmate who um, was suffering PTSD and uh, was on death row for uh, setting off a bomb and a a girl um, getting killed. And, and that scene really moved me because you know, he was in there for a crime which was was possibly avoidable if he would have been able to get treatment for his PTSD. You know, he served this country and that's that that was what he got, um, a, d- a death sentence. And 
you know, in that in that scene, not only was Herb executed, but his friends, you know, his his, his friends next in the cells next to him, including Walter, you know, they said that they were always going to be with him, even though, you know, Herb was about to be executed. And, you know, Herb had no one to be there for him family-wise. And and Brian, his his lawyer was there, you know, and Brian couldn't stop it, even though he had tried to, to stop the execution day. He couldn't. And I guess I've really felt pain and sorrow for Herb to, to one, to be on death row alone, but also, you know, to be executed alone. No one, no one was there. Um, And then everything else in the movie kind of piled on on top of that, Um, not just the execution, but kind of like seeing the systemic racism that I wasn't educating myself on and just the the sadness about my own kind of ignorance about it. So I think that's why I was really sad because the state of America... um, you know, Brian Stevenson trying to do so much and not being able to in that situation just really got to me. And I, it felt really un- unjust in that moment. Yes, I agree. The execution of Herb was, was a heartbreaking moment in the film. So what was the most shocking part of the movie to you? Or what did you see or learn through that movie that was like most shocking to your conscience? So there was um, two scenes um, one when um, Brian Stevenson was stopped uh, along the road and, you know, he was asked to get out of the car, even though he hadn't done anything wrong. Um, the officer patted him down um, and said, I think he said something like, you're lucky this is all that's happening or, you know, something along those lines. Um, and then to see his face when he got back in the car of, you know, like, like fear, like that something worse could have happened to him. And I was just enraged at that moment because he was driving down the road, minding his own business, and and this cop stopped him, frisked him for no reason. Um, and then the second scene was when Brian Stevenson was visiting the um, the prison for the first time, and the guard told him that he needed to be strip searched. And Brian said, you know, counsel doesn't need to be searched. And the guard was like, well, you're not getting in here unless you get searched. And just like the invasion of Brian's rights as, you know, a lawyer, as a human, like that scene was just really dehumanizing. And you know, that th- those two scenes really woke me up to just how much this happens and dehumanizes people and how unlawful it is. And I guess I thought, you know, police, law enforcement are there to protect us. And they, these two scenes really 
brought it home for me that that's not true for for many people that that law enforcement is not there to protect them and and it really put in for me like perspective of what like defunding the police means because when I first heard of that 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 movement I was kind of like I kind of paused and I didn't know what to how to react like whoa is this like too much is this too too radical but when I saw those two scenes in the film I was like yeah I understand you know why we give law enforcement too much power and you know Brian was only trying to help and they were trying to stop him from helping and so yeah those those two things really put perspective put a, put for me at the perspective of what's going on now and it's not anything that I had really understood or felt before. So do you think the protests and the social unrest around racial injustice enhanced the reaction you had to the movie? Do you think you would have reacted the same if all this wasn't going on at the same time? You know, that's that's an interesting question. And I honestly don't know. Um, because the protests and the, the killings of, you know, black men and women for so many years hasn't affected me personally. Uh, and even before this movie, like I had intellectually understood that black people were being killed by police or... Um, terrorized, but I didn't like emotionally connect with it because it wasn't, you know, quote unquote, happening to me, happening to my family um, in my neighborhood. So would I have had the same reaction if the current protests weren't going on? I would, I would like to say, I hope I would have, but to be honest, I don't know. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, I hope I would have, but I don't know. So you mentioned that the feeling that you had after watch, watching the movie is a feeling that you never wanted to forget. Can you describe that feeling? Um, the feeling is of anger, um, anger at the system, anger at my own part of the system um, because I'm, I was complacent. You, you know, if it wasn't happening to me, if it wasn't happening in my neighborhood, then, you know, what, what, what do I, what part do I have in, you know, police brutality laws and, and racial justice? So I was angry that I was asleep for so long. Um, I was angry that I had felt nothing for the people who are being, you know, brutalized and terrorized by law enforcement, um, you know, and I was, you know, sad for the the families that have been destroyed by the violence, you know, being being a uh, being a mom myself, 
you know, I can't imagine what it must be like to fear that your your child will leave the house one day and not come home because of a traffic stop, you know, for not like turning on your blinker. It just like that's the kind of feeling that I don't want to forget because I think it's going to be really easy. And as we've already seen, like the news cycle has already, you know, brought it back to COVID and there's not much coverage of the protests anymore. Like I don't want to be I don't want to forget and become complacent again. You know, I want to educate myself in, you know, local laws, national laws, support the the change that's necessary to to dis, dismantle systemic racism. I don't want to I don't I don't want to be be complacent. Um and you know, you know, I'm I'm sorry that it took a dramatization of you know Brian Stevenson's story to do this for me um, I had not watched any of the videos that have been released and I there's no there's I, I know I don't know why I haven't watched them but I, I just haven't and uh, but I I do want to you know stay stay alert, stay active. I don't want to be quiet anymore either. I don't want to let things go. And so that's that's what I want to remember that feeling is that feeling of wanting to do something and not just sitting back and watching it happen. that day that you were glad that we made you watch this movie had you avoided movies about social justice and you know racial injustice in the past and why was that so when I first hear this question my first instinct is to maybe make a lot of excuses about my viewing patterns um but you know I I'm gonna own up to the fact that the media that I was consuming prior to this movie was pretty bland or fluffy. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't anything deep. And because of that, you know, whether it be Netflix or Facebook, whatever, like I wasn't shown or I should, the algorithms weren't showing me the things that I should have been paying attention to, which is racial justice issues, um, social justice issues. So I wouldn't say I was I avoided them. I would say that I wasn't seeking them out. Um, and it goes back to, you know, the complacent self. My complacent self is that, you know, I didn't need to, I didn't need to get involved. You know, I, I thought incorrectly of course that you know the you know the, you know, the black community and they you know NAACP you know civil, you know the um civil liberty 
unions, you know, they, they got it. They'll need me. And so I wasn't seeking to understand more about the systems that have, that have born or have birthed, you know, law enforcement being violent toward um, the black community. So it was, I didn't avoid them. I wasn't seeking them out. And that was my own complacency that I didn't, I didn't feel like I needed to, but you know, now that I've watched this movie and I've watched other things uh, like um, documentaries, you know, after I started clicking on the stories on Facebook that would lead me to know more about the things that were happening, you know, those algorithms are feeding more content like that back to me. So, you know, I think I just needed to, to be more active in that area so that I could see those things. So I really do thank you and our movie club for, for quote unquote making me watch it because yeah, honestly, I probably wouldn't have watched it. I didn't even know this movie existed until you, you guys all mentioned it. So I'm really thankful because I'm, 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 I want to know. Um, and it's, uh, it's it's sad that it's happening now or it's it's sad that it had didn't happen sooner um so if if you're like me and and you didn't know about this movie you know go watch it cuz i mean for me it was powerful um and i guess it was it was the thing i needed to kind of kick me out of my my sleepy sleepiness so what did you think about racism, anti-black racism in the U.S. before George Floyd was killed and the protests started and before we watched Just Mercy? I think, in, I think intellectually I understood or intellectually I acknowledged that Black Lives Matter. Um, intellectually I, I saw and... and knew that this was going on, that um, certain people are more likely to be stopped by police, to be seen as a threat, um, that are, you know, incarcerated. And for, for me, like intellectually knowing those things, like wasn't enough for me to take action personally. Um, but after this movie I I felt like emotionally I I connected with the movement and I connected with feeling like you said um the, in the title of the show is like I had empathy toward actual human beings who have lost you know their children their fathers their you know their daughters um their family and so I think before, definitely, it was just an int intellectual understanding that, yes, these things matter. Yes, racism still exists. But I feel like now I have more empathy toward the situation. And, and, I, and I really want to take that empathy and act on it and not just feel the feelings, but... Um, try to do do something about it in my community. So have you 
recommended this movie to any of your friends or family that you think would would benefit from this this movie? Yeah, I I recommended it. I I just said go watch it. I didn't say much about it. I wish I would have said more, and I still have the opportunity to. So I would recommend it, and but I didn't say again. I didn't say much about it. I just said watch it because it's it's impactful, and I don't know if any of them did watch it. So have you had any conversations with friends or family? I know we we talk about these things a lot now that we've kind of opened that box, but anyone in your in your close circle or family that you've been talking to about these issues? I'll be honest and say no. I have tr- tried to, to to say, you know, like make comments here and there, but I don't think that like getting deep into those things was going to be like useful or helpful in that situation. Um, I definitely have conversations with like my husband and my kids, um, you know, talking about like, you know, the dis- discrepancy in how uh, black and brown people ha- are, are suffering from COVID is a much higher percentage than they are of the population of a certain city. And, you know, it's been offhanded commented in my household that maybe it's because, you know, they're, they live in more densely populated neighborhoods and, you know, and I have, you try to, you know, explain and, and, and say it's, it's, you know, kind of like, you know, why do they live in a densely populated neighborhood? Is it because, you know, they're not able to get the loans to, to, to buy, you know, more, more land? Is it because they are not able to find the jobs that pay higher than minimum wage? You know, is it because they don't have access to healthcare the same we do? So, you know, I'm trying to, kind of work work with my my fa- my family and friends when they make those kinds of comments that maybe seem offhand but you know now that I've like consumed a lot more media about the um, about racial how, how how race has played into you know the suffering from covid and and law enforcement um that I I feel I feel more like e- equipped now, I think to to answer those with like facts and not just like opinions, um, and like with my kids, you know, I I try to, you know, talk about what's going on and and teach them that, you know, everybody is unique and different, and we are all from different backgrounds, and we have, um we're all different colors and races, but that doesn't make anyone better or worse than the other. So, you know, I've definitely started to have those conversations more than I ever would have before. But no, I haven't sought out to have like really, it's not like a normal thing where I would talk about it with my family and friends and 
it's it's a good challenge for myself. So what other media, you mentioned you've been consuming media. What have you consumed since we watched Just Mercy that's been related to social justice and your understanding of uh, racism in the U.S.? And has anything that you've seen or read had such a strong effect as this movie? So this movie um, really hit me in a way that was like, like in my heart, in my gut. Um, and nothing that I've consumed so far has has that big of an impact. But, you know, Jaslyn, you know, you recommended other documentaries um, like 13th. Uh, I watched that. And so now. Like, I didn't understand that the war on drugs was a a veil to target, you know, community communities where there are, or I would say to target communities of color. Like I didn't know that. And I, and I grew up during this war on drugs era. And as a teenager, I thought that's what we were doing, you know, fighting, fighting the drug war, fighting crime. And now after watching that, and also I'm currently reading the new Jim Crow, like I'm understanding like how big this this system is and how big racism is. Um, because going back to your earlier question, I, I, I guess I thought racism was, you know, people making fun of other people, um, people discriminating against another person for a job, um, and and that's true. Those are, but there's this like bigger problem um, that's out there that we we can address through the right, you know, laws um, and the right people that we can vote within. The right people in power can change. Um, so, I like I said earlier, you know, those kinds of documentaries and books I would have not picked up um and now I I want to because I do want to learn more and uh you know how to be an anti-racist has really been impactful for me because like now that I kind of now that I empathize I also now feel like wow this problem is huge and how we're ever gonna like address it and dismantle it but you know Dr. Kendi really like pinpoints how we can do this by first identifying like racist policies and so while the problem is big and it's not going to be solved this year you know I really feel like if we kind of chip away at it if we um stay active in it, then like we can, we can make change. And we have to kind of start like locally and then um, make change nationally. So I, I do want to keep educating myself and keep consuming the media that will provide that education um, so that I'm not again, complacent and just like voting for people that I don't know 
what their stance is on certain issues or not educating myself on like what's affecting my community. Um, yeah. So those are the, those are the, the, those are the ones that have stuck out. So you mentioned before you, you had an intellectual understanding that, you know, yes, black, black men and women are being killed in the street by police, you know, black, black people may be experiencing racism, but maybe you didn't have that emotional connection. What do you think would move that needle for other people who maybe like you, maybe have an intellectual understanding or are just not invested in the the reality of systemic racism in this country? Um, what do you think would move them to empathize? That is a really good question. So when I so when I see um, conversations online, particularly Facebook, and you know someone posts "Black Lives Matter" and then some one posts, you know, "All Lives Matter," and like like that's infuriating because they don't understand what's going on. Um, you know, it, it's, it might not be this movie, it might not be a book, it might not be a documentary, but I feel like people are like hiding behind their keyboards um, and they need to like be face to face with someone who they can just have like an honest conversation about this issue and that's, I feel like that's how some people might be able to get a personal or emotional connection to the movement to like kind of, to get on board with it. And cause I just feel like a lot of misunderstandings that happen through the keyboard can be talked about in a rational way. I mean, certainly some people you're never gonna change their mind, um, but others, like to them the the to them the the issues um the challenges are so far removed from their everyday experience and i feel like if they got that personal experience that one on one that connection with another human being who has like suffered that they would be able to empathize so You know, it's going to be it's going to be hard to have those conversations now because we're all online. But even like over a virtual call, I think it's important, like. Maybe not reaching out like too far across the aisle here, but, you know, to like the moderates, like those conversations can be had. I feel like that could help a lot. Um, but, you know, no guarantee for me, it was a movie about real life events um, but for someone else, it might be different. So, and I guess you just never know. Like, I didn't know this movie was going to impact me the way it did, um, even though I'm really thankful that it did. Like, I don't know if that's going to be the same for everyone. What about um, people in your circle? Um, would like a testimony by yourself, a personal conversation with you, would that be something that could move them to? have more empathy? I think that it could. 
if the opportunity arose and if I was brave enough to to say, you know, what I feel, I think that's like a big one, you know, like when like you don't see your family and friends very often. I mean, I don't. I'm I'm pretty strict with my quarantine. It's kind of like when you get on, you know, you're just like catching up on, you know, kind of the silly stuff, the, the fluffy stuff, like, you know, how's work going and, you know, when is school going to open and stuff. But like we haven't had the the chance to like talk about, you know, what's going on in the world and how they feel about it. But I mean, Jasmine, you're really challenging me here, you know, like I hadn't actually thought about, you know, how I'm interacting with my my own circle, you know, and that like I don't have to be afraid to bring this stuff up because like I feel like I'm more equipped to respond as, instead of whereas before it would have just been like, well, how come you this how come you don't believe what's going on? How come you don't want to defund the police? Like I would have been kind of like floundering a little bit, but and even now I'm going to give the wrong answers. You know, I'm still not going to convince or, you know, I'm not like the person who's going to change their minds. But yeah, Jasmine, you're really, you're challenging me. So I, I'm definitely going to walk away and go into my next conversation, like remembering, like, am I, am I going to, are we going to address this? Are we going to talk about this? Or am I just going to kind of like pretend nothing is going on? Um, so Yeah. You're really challenging me here. Yeah, I mean, we, we're, in addition to our movie club, we're also in a social justice chat, and that's one of the topics that we've discussed is um, you may not be able to change, you know, the person with the most extreme views, but you have influence in your circle, and so you, you really should um, make the most of that because that's probably where you're going to have the most impact in your personal circle, so... Yeah, we got to think about these things. So one other question. If you were to find out that you were friends with someone um, who may have racist views or um, views that you don't agree with in terms of how they thought about other people, other races... I mean, what would you, what would be your reaction? Would you, you know, address that? Would you avoid that person? Like, how would you react to someone after now being educated? How would you react to a friend with those views? Uh, I mean, I think before I would have just kind of dropped them out of my life because, you know, why why bother? Um, but I think now I would engage in kind of questioning, you know, I've definitely had heated, I've definitely had my share of heated conversations on Facebook and they, they go nowhere um, because, you know, I have a view, they have a view and we're not like coming to any like agreement or way to talk about it. So I would hope that now I would, you know, be inquisitive, you know, like why, why do you have those? You know, is there something about, you know, an issue that we could talk more about? Because maybe it's just a misunderstanding or it's like a gut reaction to something. Like, you know, for me, it was like defund the police. Like I wasn't on board with that when I first read it. 
uh, online, but after understanding more about what it means, I, I, I am on board with it. So I would hope that I'd have more conversation, more, more questions to ask. Um, and then, and then see how it goes. You know, if it doesn't go anywhere, then I could still drop them or, you know, try again. Um, and, and I, and I, and I have to guess, I guess I have, I have to have those conversations in order to find out if they do have those thoughts because plenty of people I know, I know on a surface, a surface level, you know, I don't know actually what they believe at all. Um, and that's, that's something I'll have to decide if I want to know or not about someone. Can I ask you a question, Jasmine? No. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. So you, you said that you usually have these type of conversations with like close friends and family. So I guess I want to know, like, does that just come up naturally in conversation? Do you always um, get together and just the news comes up or like, I guess I want to know how it is for you and your friends and your family because it's kind of unnatural for my circle. So I wanted to know like what it's like when it's just part of your your everyday. Yeah, um, when I have these discussions with friends or family, it it does come up pretty naturally. We'll you know start the conversation off with pleasantries or whatever. And I mean, these topics can, can weave in and out. Um, yeah, they happen pretty naturally. In the course of conversation, we could be talking about a TV show one minute and then we'll talk about, did you see that, you know, this black couple got assaulted just for, just for walking around. And then, you know, we'll talk about that. So yeah, I guess these conversations are more comfortable in that sense. Like it's it's never been a taboo subject. Yeah, I guess because I mean, not saying that you don't care, but you know, these are things that do and can affect us at any point in time. <laughs> so yeah, we definitely keep each other abreast of different things going on in the country and it's also like you know when you ask your when you ask your family and friends hey you know did you hear about this happening you know they're more likely to say yes of course we saw it whereas you know the conversations that I would have you know pre-2020 with my family friends is not around these things so if I would have asked hey you know did you see this incident, then their reaction might have been, no, you know, they didn't see it, right? And and then that's like a like an awkward, do I dig into this and then we talk about it or do I just let it go? You know? Um so yeah, I hope that I can more freely talk to my family and friends about these things because as I think as Asian Americans, we might think that this this doesn't affect us, but 
you know, it can and it will. Um, and in, and in, maybe in ways that we don't even know. So, yeah, thanks for sharing how kind of natural it is for you and, and maybe for myself to one day make it natural for me. show big shout out to brian stevenson and his team at the equal justice initiative for doing such amazing work in bringing this movie to the mainstream for a wider audience to hear about what they do and thanks so much for lisa for opening up about your experience i hope listeners will take heart that people can educate themselves and get involved at any point in your life So, Lisa, do you have any final thoughts from our discussion? Maybe a better world nugget? Well, first of all, Jaslyn, I want to thank you for asking the hard questions, um, particularly the ones about whether or not I've, you know, had conversations with my family and close circle, um, because I haven't, and I need to find the courage to, because like you said, you know, those are the people that I may be able to change more readily than, you know, than extremists. So for, for my better world nugget, it's to take your advice and have these conversations so that they can become just a part of life and not to shy away from them because because it's not what we've normal that not what we normally talk about. So that's my better world nugget. How about you, Jaslyn? I guess my better world nugget is that um, people can change. Um, and this is something I want to talk about in future episodes, but um, people can change um, with external circumstances or they can change inwardly in their heart and this conversation made me see that and I'm very happy to know that you know a change of heart can occur you know not necessarily due to anything that happened to you particularly Lisa but just because you your your heart was open to to that change and to to be more empathetic so that's my better world nugget that it's possible that that people can still have a change of heart. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Racism Podcast. Before you go, be sure to like or subscribe wherever you're listening to stay up to date on new episodes. And please let us know, have you watched Just Mercy? What did you think? And did it change you like it did me? Are there other documentaries or movies that you'd recommend that I watch? You can always find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Racisms Podcast and on our blog, racismspodcast.wordpress.com. 
Peace, everybody. Be safe. Music for this episode was created by Jaslyn Dukes and Kyle Carson. This episode was produced and edited by Kyle Carson.